Hello, listeners. Before we get started, I just wanted to share that this is going to be my last episode of Coast to Coast for a little while. I'm not walking away from the podcast completely, but I'm going to be taking a much smaller role. So you'll be hearing a lot less of me and a lot more of sweet dill pickle. Oh, God. So Dill's <laughs> sweet, tiny little pickle. So... <laughs> Enjoy, suckers. From the West Coast to the coast of every goddamn lake in Minnesota. This is the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. I'm Chalanga. And I'm so mad at you, Chalanga. What? what I do? I, I've decided something. Hmm. I'm going to impeach you from this podcast. Oh, and oh no! Fortunately, though, this impeachment process is going to be pretty quick. It's going to take about three seconds. Ready? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. All right, you're impeached. Okay. All right. Welcome, welcome everyone. <laughs> uh, so, as you heard before we started, this is going to be my last episode for a little bit. I chose. Uh, I'm choosing to walk away, but uh, we are going to conduct this as normal. We're going to get down to business. We're going to do some. Before we start, so I said. You said I'm mad at you, and I said what I do, and I'm wondering, have you listened? Have you ever heard of Zaza? What Zaza? You you quit pro quo. <laughs> She's so, uh, Zaza Pachulia. No, 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 no. This little rapper, her name's Zaza, and she has a song. She's like, "What I do, what I do, what I do." Never heard of her. What I do. She's like, my, oh my friends God. are cool. My phone is cool. <laughs> She, oh my god she performed at a golden state warriors game it was amazing are are you sure that that isn't one of your personas one of <laughs> Dude, your soundcloud personas i'm not funny enough to come up with that i wish i wish i really wish dylan you can cut this but shout i'm sorry no i'm not gonna say that i'm not gonna say it um if you want to shout anybody you want out, this is your birthday party. Okay. Actually, this is your funeral party. I do want to shout out a couple people because I told them I'd shout them out on the podcast. I met them at a Wolves game a couple weeks ago. I just want to give a quick shout out to Chris and Rebecca Klein. Congratulations on your marriage. They've been married for like a month now. It's like super new. Oh, um, So congratulations to y'all too. i I'm sure I'll see you. I might see you on Friday at the game. Um, I hope you're listening. And uh, shouts to Kyle, who was sitting next to me at the Wolves game the other day. Did not get his last name, but he was super hyped on the Wolves. He was like, Andrew Wiggins is definitely going to make an all-star team, and he's definitely going to be most improved. Um, oh, my God. You know, it's which is not too far removed from what we were saying a couple weeks ago, too. So, uh, I know. You know, things look a I little know. different we, now. but I willfully get duped by this team every year yeah every god dang year it's part of being a wolves fan dill that's just what we do <laughs> i don't i wish i could have i wish i would have started calling you sweet dill way sooner <laughs> <laughs> or little dill little dill I go, I, little dill what i do that's my rap name what i do what i do what i do what i do okay so i uh, i guess uh why don't we just Talk wolves a little bit. That's what we do on this podcast, right? Amongst 100 billion other things. Uh, so since we last spoke on the podcast... About a month ago. The Timberwolves have gone one 
and six. Shalanga, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you caused this. What? No yeah. way. I you cannot blame me, okay? I have not okay, I've not walked on the court one single time this year. Actually, my basketball karma has been super good. Last night my rec team won our first ever game. Mostly wow. because I played very little. <laughs> oh, so maybe you have the Jeff Teague effect. Maybe you can have a really good game where you're shooting great from the field, but you're not getting anyone else involved. You're I not know. getting the right people involved I at know. the right times. You know, I finally figured out my role. My role is to stand on the sideline and shout. I, you know, when the shot goes up, I yell. I remind people to box out. I push. I push them to push the pace. I play. I play. You know, coach role. That's kind of where. Mm. That's my. That's my steez. You know, that's where I that's can really I, succeed. Maybe we need to get you into uh, the Ryan Saunders coaching his coaching regime. You know, I'm trying to start coaching basketball at Bancroft, but. The gym oh, is really? freaking reserved. Yes, really. Oh, for after wait, school. It, but the gym is reserved by dumb other stuff. I don't even know what. I was talking to the after school director. Is there like, like not yeah. a team? No, there's no team. Oh, so you're trying to start a team there. Well, or, or at least just do school. like coaching. I don't know. Starting a team sounds like too much work. I'm, do, I'm not doing after school to do a bunch of work. I'm doing after school because I need some more money, you know? But. <laughs> wait, are you trying to coach kids? Yeah, I try to coach kids, like little kids. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you should. Yeah, I think it'd be really fun. But uh, instead, I'm starting a choir. So, you know, finding oh. finding my own niche. Anyway, back to the Wolves, yo. They suck. They really, really yeah. suck. I was at the game tonight against the Jazz. Just a terrible, terrible loss. They were giving up such easy shots to Donovan Mitchell. I was so disappointed in how many easy layups and easy open threes he was getting. Yeah. Our, he I wasn't mean, even having to, to search for the shots. Like, he barely needed to get screens before he... Wolves' perimeter defense was tough. It was really tough. Yeah. Um, the I mean, the first half was pretty good. Jeff Teague looked awesome in the first half. He was really carrying the team, um, especially there in the second quarter. Uh, and then the Jazz came out in the third quarter and uh, put the thump... On the Wolves, outscored the Wolves by 14 points, and the Wolves were not able to come back from the onslaught of Donovan Mitchell. I mean, not only was he shooting threes, but he was, I mean, how many how many times did he cross our players up and have, like, have them on roller skates? It happened over and over and over again. Uh, yeah. He's really good, and the Wolves, like, really, really struggle against good ball handlers really i mean that's what it is good ball handlers yeah. really destroy the wolves yep it's happened each 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 of the games starting with kyrie irving and now donovan mitchell so right and you know another another player that really destroyed the wolves was chris paul against okc the other night we haven't talked about that loss but that right. was that was something else dude that was terrible destroyed on the court and in the mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, for, for those of you who didn't watch or don't know, the Wolves had the lead in that game. I think almost all of our listeners were complaining about this, probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm they probably sure. all know. <laughs> I'm sure. So, the, the Wolves are up at the end, and Jordan Bell got fouled. He went to the free throw line. He missed both free throws, unfortunately. Luckily, the Wolves got the offensive rebound. 
Josh Okogie went up, got the rebound, called timeout. We inbounded the ball to Carl Anthony Towns, who was fouled. All right, Carl. We're up one. All you got to do— You're an 85% free throw shooter in your career, basically. You sink your free throws, the game is over. Even if he doesn't sink his free throws, there is 1.1 second left on the clock. This seems like a Wolves win. Put two guys, your two guys, and LeBron does this all the time. He he will just walk back to the back court. Mm-hmm. He won't he won't even hang out in the front court at all. Right. He will just sit on the other side of the court so he doesn't have to go back. Right. Why didn't we do that? Right. And I'm sorry, the Wolves were not up one. They were up three, and then and then Carl misses the first free throw. Uh oh, Ryan Saunders was not expecting that. Really quick, he has to get Jordan Bell back into the game to try to get the rebound in case Carl misses the second free throw. And in that process, Jordan Bell comes onto the onto the court with his jersey untucks, untucked. Chris Paul sees this. He goes over to the ref. I believe it was Scott Foster. He went over to Scott Foster. He goes, hey, look, Jordan Bell is coming onto the court with his jersey untucked. Scott Foster calls a technical foul. First of all, that happens all the time. Players come onto the court with their jersey untucked all the time, and they never call it. They never call it. Have you have you ever seen a delay of game called for a jersey being untucked in, in your memory? I've never seen the technical. It only happened because it was the second time it was called, right? Yeah, so... It was the second so, time in the game? Yep, delay of game works where you get a warning the first time, and then the second time they get a technical free throw. So I've definitely seen a delay of game. Right. But, like, the technical is... Oh, man. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And... And Scott Foster is such a douche for letting the teacher's pet get his way. Yeah, he should be ashamed of himself. He should really, really be ashamed of himself. Like, so, in my rec league game yesterday, there was a weird out-of-bounds play where the ref didn't know if it went out-of-bounds. And he went up to our team and he was like, was that out-of-bounds? And we were like, uh, no. Which is fine in a rec league game, but this is the NBA, Scott Foster. You do not take players' advice for whether it was a foul or not. That is despicable. That is absolutely despicable. Anyway, so that gets called. Danilo Gallinari goes to the free throw line. He sinks it. Carl comes back. We're up two. If he may, the, the Thunder don't have a timeout, so his options are he can miss the free throw. And they have to inbound the ball and try to get it up court in a second and make a shot, which is really difficult. He can make the free throw. And then, oh, excuse me, we were up one. My bad. He can make the free throw. And then they have to do a full court pass down the court, make the shot. Wait, I thought we were, wait, wait. After after Gallinari's free throw, we were up one. Because then Towns made the shot, made the free throw shot. Yeah. And we were up two. Right. So then Steven Adams does a Tom Brady-esque pass down court to the streaking Dennis Schroeder. I mean, it was a beautiful pass. I mean, just perfect. And Dennis Schroeder, as time expires, makes the layup, sends it into overtime. It was at the absolute worst, worst last, like, five seconds of a basketball game I've ever just seen in my entire life. Just miss the shot. Miss it. Miss the shot. Don't give them time to, like, run down the court. Well, 
I, I will say missing free throws intentionally is kind of hard because you do have to hit the rim. And that's not something that is like practiced as much as like making a free throw, you know? So I'll give him that, that it's hard. But you, there's one second left. Play some defense. Right? Yeah. I, 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 and again, like I'll, re- I'll repeat it again. LeBron will go back and just sit in the backcourt sometimes just because he's lazy. But that can be a defensive, also a defensive uh, strategy. Why not just, why would Ryan not tell his team, get back? Because the one thing we can't do is give up a, a score in transition right now. Yeah. We can give up a hard three point shot. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But if someone gets down the court and they get a pass and they get a wild pass and they are able to get a layup before time expires, mm-hmm. that's the worst possible scenario. Yeah. Let them get the rebound. Honestly, just let them. And see if they can, if they have the wherewithal to get the ball down court in time. Don't give them time to like collect themselves and throw it in from out of bounds. Come on now. It was just embarrassing. And then, you know, if you're going to let that happen, you got to come out in overtime and win the game. But they just fell flat in overtime and let Dennis Schroeder and Steven Adams walk all over them. It was. And. Pete and Dave said it at the end of this game. They were like, they're they're deflated. They have been deflated since that Jordan Bell untuck call. Yeah. Since that delay a game call. The Wolves have been in their heads. Yeah. And it's really been each one of like it's been a different player each night that has kind of just had a game uncharacteristically bad as of this season, at least. Yeah. Like Carl it was tonight. Carl was six for fifteen from the field. Mm-hmm. That can't happen. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those were missed threes that were just. He was getting. He was clearly frustrated, and he was trying to shoot his way out of the frustration. What I liked so in the first half, Carl came out really aggressive. He grabbed a couple boards and brought the ball up the court, which I love to see. When he does that, he puts a lot of pressure on the defense. He brings the center out to the perimeter, and especially when you're dealing with Rudy Gobert, who can do things like get three blocks in a row on Timberwolves' offensive possessions, which he did to start the second half, uh, it's it's important to put that pressure on him and bring him out. And uh, Towns came out in the first half really aggressive and was bringing the ball up the court. And in the second half, he just really lost that intensity. And if he's not going to take the ball himself, Oftentimes, he's not going to see the ball. There were several times where he got switched on to Joe Ingles or Bogdanovich or Royce O'Neal, and the Wolves were unable to get him the ball. Whereas, you watch the Jazz, every time Rudy Gobert got the switch, the ball touched his hands. Whether he made the shot or passed out to an open shooter, the ball was moving through the center on the switch. It is Jeff Teague's job not to get hot in a game. It is never Jeff Teague's job to do that. But it's his job to get his big man going early. And Shaq talks about it all the time. Like, if he didn't get going early, it was going to be a rough game for them. That's how it works. Right. If you don't get the big man the ball early, it down the stretch, things start going wonky. Right. And uh, that's kind of... I would say kind of what happened here. Mm-hmm. He, Cat wasn't able to get his early easy buckets, and his mind 
got out of it and he didn't have the aggressiveness that he needed to have except for he did have like he had he he had a uh, the aggressiveness that we hate which is the retaliatory aggressiveness mm-hmm. right yeah where he like was just frustrated and he would charge he would commit an offensive foul right or whatever like at the end of the game when it was just like you didn't need to throw your elbow that's donovan mitchell right that's donovan what? mitchell that's Donovan Mitchell. You, you all you do is you back your shoulder into him. But why are you moving your elbows around? And that's my least favorite thing about his game is that he will throw elbows when he doesn't need to. Yep. And very obviously, just like, go in very obvious moments. Against, just go straight up. All you have to do, you have six or seven inches minimum in reach on him, right? So, <laughs> or just dunk it. Right, just, you were in the restricted area. Just dunk it. Yeah, shocking to see how many times Rudy Gobert dunked it versus Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, ultimately, Carl Anthony Towns has sort of become a perimeter player, which is really good and sometimes really bad. Uh, but it's only going to be good when he starts to drive with the ball. Right. I want to see pick and roll with him being the ball handler. Right. I'm, I'm be seeing barely any pick and roll, to be honest, with Carl. I was talking about this with you earlier, yesterday, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not seeing pick and roll with him as the ball handler or as the pick player. And I don't know why, because that is the singular move in modern NBA right now, you know? And every time he sets a pick, he just goes to the three-point line. Right. And it's like... Learn how to fill the lane properly mm-hmm. and get some easy dunks, yeah. easy buckets, those really easy Clint Capella looks. That's what we need. Right. And it should just be so obvious for him and Andrew Wiggins to be able to pick and roll with each other. Or like listen, Carl, if you don't wanna if you don't wanna be the role man, if that's not the game you wanna play, then Ryan needs to adjust and play more Jordan Bell, have him be the role man, do more pick and roll action between Jordan Bell and Andrew Wiggins and have Carl Anthony Towns spaced out. Like let's do that. Because right now, the if Carl Anthony Towns isn't setting the pick, then it's Robert Covington or like Josh Akogi. And that's not uh, like those aren't dynamic pick and roll players or pick and pop players, and so if if Carl's not willing to to dive to the basket like that and yeah. like whatever his game is his game and and he's a forty plus percent three point shooter so like yes play to your strength then we need to see more Jordan Bell and Carl and more pick and roll action with Jordan Bell because he can go up and he can get he can get those lobs he can drive I mean. A bunch of times tonight, he had his hand up, ready for the lob, and nobody hit him, because we're not right. we're not thinking in that way. We're not playing in that way, you know. Uh, so, and we need to get those easy buckets. That's mm-hmm. the that's the. Th- it's like every time we get every time we get uh, to our side of the court, we're not thinking about what is the easiest way we can score. No, we're thinking about what is Ryan telling? How is Ryan telling us to score? Right. Where on the court are we supposed to be scoring? Right. Well, how do I get there? They're thinking the ball to like by taking the ball themselves to the basket. That's going to be the easiest way to get to get a close up shot. Right. But they're not thinking one step ahead and 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 letting like players cut to the basket. Right. I mean, 
we need those easy shots. So and I, when the Timberwolves get those easy shots, it seems like the the, the Timberwolves win. Yeah, that's what, that's and what and out. part of it, yes, the system is new, and so there will be growing pains, and so patience is key. But we've been patient for long enough. Uh, I guess here's the thing: Oklahoma, that Oklahoma City game, or as I like to call it, the Oklahoma curse game, kind of cursed our season. I feel like after that. There's no recovery. And so, Dylan, it's time to shake things up. And I think the best way that we can shake things up is by making a trade. And we have one player on our team who seems to be a really, really incredible asset uh, going into this trade season. And that's Robert Covington. It seems like he might be one of, if not the most valuable trade chip that is readily available heading into the trade season. We've heard names like Kevin Love and Chris Paul, but those guys are old, injury-prone. And they only want to go to certain teams. Yes. That's the thing. Well, and they're they're, like, they're There are one or two teams that they would consider. Yes, and they're expensive and long-term. Robert Covington is a great locker room guy, great glue guy, can play with anybody, and is on a three-year deal in the 11 to $13 million range, which is super team-friendly. Seems like Brad Beal probably isn't available right now. The Wizards seem like they're trying to compete. I don't know. Things could be different in January. We'll see. But as it stands, Robert Covington might be the most tradable. Eligible. Yeah, the most eligible. Bachelor. Catchler. No, not catchler because he's leaving the Wolves. Um so, <laughs> Dylan and I came up with some trades. And to be honest, I think I think that this might not be such a horrible thing for the Wolves. I mean, they've been giving up, even with Robert Covington on the floor, who is a very good defensive player, they've been giving up 55% over this last stretch of horrible games. I mean, Dave Benz was going through it. I I wasn't paying attention to the numbers, but and I haven't looked this up, but it was like every single number that he was that he was reciting was over fifty percent tonight, mm-hmm. and I was like, if you're if you're going to be giving that that kind of percentage up, something is wrong with your front court. Yeah, and I think we figured it out. Like Robert Covington is a starting NBA player, absolutely, but I do not think that he is a starting four. He can switch. Absolutely, he can switch onto. He's very versatile. He can switch onto most fours very, very well. Yeah. But in terms of him starting, he needs to be playing the small forward position. And unfortunately, we have too many small forwards and not enough bigs. And I and as you were saying with like Jordan Bell getting more minutes, I th- I think that that is more effective, especially in 2019-20 NBA where a lot of times people are playing two bigs. Like the best teams are playing two bigs on the floor. Like guys who are six ten and above are pairing together, which is an interesting trend that's different from before, right? Right. Like with the Lakers playing JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis or Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis or whatever it be, there are always two bigs on the floor with them or with the Bucks or with anybody. Like Robin Lopez and Brooke Lopez and like you just go down the line, Giannis is six eleven. Um, they're they're just huge teams. So Robert Covington, 
is rightfully having trouble uh, being that stretch four for us. Yeah, so um, Roko, time to go. Bye. Was, bye, Roko. Was that good? Yeah, Chalanga, uh, before the podcast, you were you were kind of hinting to me that you might have some insider sources oh. that might be saying things. Sources are supposedly saying things. Yes, my friend, my now friend, Corey, he's originally my friend, our, our friend, Troy's friend. Now he's my friend, Corey. His sister-in-law works for the team store. He was talking to her, and he said that she said that, so at the team store, the the manufacturer ships out a, like a certain number, a set number of pre-printed jerseys for each team. Um, and then the rest of the jerseys come blank and are screen printed in-house by the organizations. And... Apparently, a few weeks ago, the team store was told to stop printing Robert Covington jerseys. So, that, to me, says that either a trade is done and they're just waiting to pull the trigger, or the Wolves are very set on trading Robert Covington and trying to acquire some assets. And the interesting thing is the timing right now, because if that is happening right now... When when was this that you were hearing about this, or that they might have been talking about this? So we were talking just tonight. He told me that she had said this, and I guess he was talking to her last week, and she said that a couple weeks ago that they were told to stop make uh, printing Covington jerseys. So I just think the timing is interesting because why would the Timberwolves be waiting on finding a deal? And that's the December 15th. Every every person who signed over the summer before a certain point will not be available until December 15th. Right. Um, I, it's like, is it like three months or December 15th or something? Yeah, something like that. Something um, like that. So there will be a lot of players that will be available, and that's when the NBA is going to become 10 times more malleable. Yeah. So I think we have something to look forward to before Christmas, maybe. I think that you're right. Uh, so I guess let's start. I'm sure we have some of the same teams. Um, I'll start with one of the most, I, I don't know if it's obvious, but one of the most talked about ones. And that's Robert Covington, Jeff Teague, and maybe a lottery-protected 2022 pick to the Golden State Warriors for D'Angelo Russell. Oh my God! I'm not. That's. Sure. I'm not sure. I love it, but I don't hate it. Actually, I do love it. Right. I mean, you. Oh, do you mean like you love it as a Timberwolves fan? I. Uh, I'm not sure if I love it as a Timberwolves fan because I'm. I'm still not sold on D'Angelo Russell. I agree, but I think that giving up Covington and Teague. And if we can get him for a protected pick, I think it's well worth the gamble. I mean, I would almost take the gamble for an unprotected first-round pick just because D'Angelo's ceiling is high. His floor seems pretty low, but his ceiling is high. Honestly, I don't know how much more you're going to have to give. I think you can protect that first-round pick. If I'm the Warriors... 
I'm taking that in a heartbeat. Right. Can you imagine defensively that team with Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. Robert Covington, and Draymond Green? Yep. That's a top five defense right there. Yes. And then they have 19 million coming off their books next year and Jeff Teague's expiring. Steph Curry wouldn't have to play defense for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're um, you're not wrong. It, it And they're not looking for cap room next year because there's nobody to get. Right. And Gorgie goes off the books after two years, in two years. So that's great. That's, that's a great trade for them. He's an expiring next year for them, too. So he's actually... They don't need him as an asset this year, right? Because right. they don't need to pick anybody up. But then next year he becomes an asset because he's 16 million expiring. Right. Right. And so I wonder I wonder this might be a trade or a, you know a construction that might already have been talked about because it's you know the Wolves were close to close to in air quotes acquiring D'Angelo this offseason so I I would imagine that they probably still stayed aggressive with Golden State. So this this could be possible. Honestly, if I'm Suchin or Gerson, the first offer I'm giving is no pick. Mm-hmm. It's straight up. Yep. Because if I'm the Warriors, I want Gorgie. And I actually do want Gorgie because oh, I said, who do they have I playing Jeff, center right now? I said Jeff Teague, not Gorgie J. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Gorgie. What about Gorgie? I think that you like Gorgie more than most. I mean, I love Gorgie. Is Gorgie any fan? worse than Willie Cauley Stein? Uh, I mean they're they're different, right? D- Willie Cauley Stein is kind of the like an above the rim sort of player. Um, he's not a super great. Wait, wait, wait! You're telling me that Gorgie in his Gorgie ones is not above the rim? Okay, <laughs> F- that's great, great, Chalanko. <laughs> great analysis. God, I thought you knew something about basketball. Gorgie is the highest above the rim. Oh, he is up in the rafters. Moon bounce straight to the rim, baby. Uh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I just think that I think that Golden State would rather take the expiring than have to wait an extra year for an expiring. But I think that you bring up a decent. I disagree. I think you bring up a dis- decent point that next year they can then flip Gorgie plus the Wolves pick for something else too. Um, because even with that 19 million off their books, they're still like way above the cap. So they actually do need salary to to improve. So I think that that's actually a decent point. And they can get some role players for, you know, a Wolves pick and, I mean, maybe even their own pick, honestly. Uh, right. So I think... I'm sorry for mishearing that, but, like, they don't need Jeff Teague. They don't want Jeff Teague. Right. I mean, I just, I don't think... I just viewed him as an expiring and... Right, you know that is, but generally that's not okay. going to help them. Right, well, it's not going to yeah. hurt them either. I think that no. Gorgie Gorgie has the opportunity to help them more, but Gorgie also has the opportunity to, oh, look, there's no teams with cap space to absorb this expiring, and now we've got nothing. You know what I mean? Like you run that's that true. You run that risk too. So we, yeah, we did deal with all of that. Uh, in our trades for Rocco was uh, there are no teams with cap space right now. The no. Hawks are the only team with cap space and they only have 3 million. This is night and day between last year and this year. Uh, not even the Kings could muster up or, th- or the Knicks who could have had a ton of cap space could muster up any cap space. And uh, just think about all of these expiring contracts that the Knicks could take on and actually 
build themselves some uh, future of assets. Oh, um, for shame. Dylan, what, what kind of Roko pick? Tra- what, let, give me one. Give me a Roko trade. Ooh, ooh, this one's interesting. It's it's really not good. You're going to hate this, but the Minnesota Timberwolves receive Tony Snell and Sekou Dumboya. Ugh. <laughs> I know you hate this. I hate it, too. Sekou Dumboya, who will never trade. play an NBA game. <laughs> this, this is the worst trade I've ever, I've ever made in a trade machine. The Minnesota Timberwolves also have to get an unprotected first-round pick. Oh, yeah, for sure. But the Detroit Pistons are desperate to make the playoffs this year. And the other thing that they're desperate for is for someone who can stretch the floor and who can play defense for them and who can be versatile. Yeah. So Robert Covington and Travion Graham are both going to the Detroit Pistons. That's uh, Yeah, I think that makes the Pistons better. I mean, Robert Covington is just a souped-up Tony Snell. Uh, and uh, he's a better offensive and defensive player. Yeah, it's souped up. You know, I'll take that. And pick. he would get Tony I'll, Snell and the unprotected pick. I'll take that pick. I mean, that's an asset. That's an asset, I guess. And Duboya, and I, I don't know. Maybe he'll be something. And I think that they could still be end up in the lottery even with Robert Covington and Travion Graham. So I think that that's a worthwhile. Or maybe if if they can swing it, I might rather have a twenty twenty one pick from the Pistons or something like that, because we all know Blake Griffin is not going to stay healthy for forever. And right. I think the later the pick, the better for the wolves, the better that asset is. So like an unprotected 2021 or 2022. Yep. Yep. Cause uh, I think Drummond and Griffin will both be gone by that time. And uh, the Pistons could be looking pretty bad. I don't mind that. Great. All right. What is your next one? Chalanga? All right. I really like this one. This one, Miami Heat receive Robert Covington, and the Timberwolves get Dion Waiters and Tyler Hero. What do you think? You think that we can get Tyler Hero out of this? Because we're also taking Dion Waiters, who has this year and next year left on $12 million and then $13 million. And who has completely destroyed his relationship with the Miami Heat. We're giving up Robert just Robert Covington. Just Robert Covington. How is Tyler Hero not make how much is Tyler Hero making? 3.6. How does that work in terms of salaries? Because anyway. it's it's 3.6 to 12 versus 11 and it's like 25 125% of what you're giving out. So 25% of 11 is 3. Point, a high, th- high 3 point high something. So then that it it works out. If you're Pat Riley, do you do this? Uh I think that Jimmy Butler does not have that many years left to be the a number one guy. I don't know if he's a number one guy right now. I don't think he's he'll I mean, in terms of being a, fi- a finals player, the number one guy on a finals team. Right. I mean here's here's it would, here's really what I if like. If the Sixers made the finals Joel Embiid would have had to be the number one guy on that team, right? Probably. I mean, they were very close with Jimmy playing out of his mind, but well, I mean, when they, it comes down to it. They would have won except for that insane Kawhi Leonard shot. They would have won in the semifinals, but, but that's and, not and, even projecting out to the 
right what but, would have happened in that bucks series because i think the bucks but then were then we can't i mean then we can't predict it then it's a game of ifs you know then it's a game of but what we saw was on the court philly came an insane shots away from winning right from being in the eastern conference finals yes yes which could have led to anything and you know i'm i'm just saying that right now jimmy butler is their number one guy and you don't have that much time to maximize that and so if i'm the heat i'm like we got to make the most of this contract because if we can at least make the conference finals after signing jimmy butler to this max deal like that was a waste and so honestly ideally i love this trade and then figuring out a way to get chris paul as well oh that would be oh that yeah would, that would that's be what i was gonna say that's what i was gonna say is that this is trade one of two because kendrick nunn can't be on that team in that case because no offense but kendrick nunn is not gonna be your starting shooting guard or point guard right um on a an easter conference finalist team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but if they can I if don't believe that. if they can put together like goran Dragic's expiring and then like james johnson's salary i think that gets you pretty close to chris paul's salary and then you just have to get the right package of assets to make okc pull the trigger um and then you you're running out there with Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, Robert Covington. That's the number one defense. Bam Adebayo, like Justice Winslow. That's the number one defense. Are you kidding me? Like, wild. And that sacrifices their bench. Like, their bench depth is going to be tough, but then they, you know, you hope that they can get some sort of buyout candidates to, you know, round out their bench unit. And the Heat are so good at finding players from nowhere. That's that's their shtick. Um, So, I don't know. I, I, I would love to see Covington on the Heat. I think he would really fit in with that team. And uh, I would love to see Tyler Hero in a Wolves uniform. Chalanga, I think I'm saying no if I'm Pat Riley. Yeah. Just because Tyler Hero... Uh, Pat Riley has kept the Heat relevant for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And... The way that he's done it is he has found these players that are in the, that are past the lottery. Um, was Tyler Hero past the lottery? Yeah, he was past the lottery. No, he was the last lottery. No, he was. Or he's he the last lottery. He pick. was thirteen or fourteen. But they find these guys who are in the teens or later, and they keep them. I guess they don't keep all of them. I guess Josh Richardson they didn't keep. Who else did they not keep? Right. Uh, I guess they didn't keep... Uh... Mario Chalmers? No, they kept him for a minute. They kept Norris Cole for a good minute. I mean, they, they do that. I mean, they do. They develop their players. They do. And but they, I just, they develop Josh if Richardson, I'm, too. I mean... Well, maybe if Pat Riley's dying and he's like, I just want to win one more championship, <laughs> he'll be like, well, who knows if Tyler Hero's going to be able to... Because isn't Tyler Hero shooting really well right now still? Like he's stretching the floor for them. He's he's their main floor stretcher, right? I think Duncan Robinson has kind of uh, eclipsed him as that, but uh, yeah, he's shooting thirty eight percent from three right now, um, which is really solid. And he can also create off the dribble a little bit too. He's he's really impressive. Yeah, I mean, I would rather have Tyler Hero right now than Jarrett Culver. <laughs> 
Uh, probably. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely way more productive than Jarrett Culver right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jarrett Culver just has that athletic upside that n- almost no other player in the draft class has. Right. All right. So so Dylan. rude by the the Lakers were the Lakers broadcast was saying some pretty rude shit about Jarrett Culver. They were like Jarrett Culver has the lowest rookie uh, field goal percentage from the rim and from three. And they were just like shitting on him. I was like, that came out of nowhere. So the only thing that you know about any of the players on the Timberwolves is something that's just horrible about them. Yeah, that's so rude. <laughs> uh, Michael Thompson, I know that you're the father of a man that I love in Clay Thompson, but <laughs> you are such a horrible, horrible color commentary guy. Yeah, he's bad. He's real you need bad. To watch the game. You need to know the players and you need to like compliment the other players jim peterson always knows like he will always compliment what is good about other players games on the opposite team right and and he'll always come up with bits about the opposite team that are like very complimentary Mm -hmm. and i don't know i just i wish that more i wish more local broadcasts would do that we are we helps me learn we are spoiled we remember we are spoiled all right dylan give me another trade okay so now we are moving on to I'm going to do a couple of trades mm-hmm. here. Yeah, and then because I, I have I have two more too. So Okay, so I have three Sacramento Kings trades. What the hell? Yeah, the Sacramento Kings want to make the playoffs, Jelink. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> okay. Uh and Vlade Diva is ready to is ready to do just about anything. I I think Gerson can talk him into a bunch of different things. Cuz he can be talked into things. Yes. Sacramento Kings get Robert Covington, and the Minnesota Timberwolves get two protected first-round picks, and they have to take on Corey Joseph. Oh, it's not like have to take on Corey Joseph. He's still a good player. He could, I mean, he, he might actually make He's, the Wolves a little bit better. He re- provides really solid point guard play. I mean, he's not playing amazing offensively right now, uh-huh. uh, but... He also is off the books sooner than Robert Covington. I mean, for whatever that means, but I'm I'm okay with that. But I think that you have to put in two protected first rounds, or do like or what how do, would you construct? What, what that are we What are we saying? Like top picks? top five protected, or are they lottery protected? Or I think they're top ten protected, two top ten protected. But what do you think? I think that's fair if we can get something that's you know. In the ten, in the eleven to twenty-two, eleven to twenty range picks, that's not bad. I don't love it. I don't hate it. What? What's your other ideas for the Kings? Okay, that was my least favorite idea. Uh huh. This one is my second least favorite idea. The Minnesota Timberwolves receive Trevor Ariza, uh, and I and I think that they can get one top five protected pick. Okay, so it's Trevor Ariza. And a pick for Robert Covington. Yes. Not terrible. Especially because Trevor Reza could then maybe be traded again. Exactly. Um, Especially next year, he'll be an expiring. And him being a defensive, kind of similar to Robert Covington type of player, um, maybe he, I don't know. He's he's really old. He's like thirty five now, isn't he? Yeah, and has he been playing well this year? I feel like uh, I haven't really heard anything about him this much. year. No, I don't think he's been playing much. Sixteen games. Mm. 
does he fill out a rotation like in a Jarrett Dudley role next year on an expiring? It is is he valuable next year as an expiring? I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. Like Jared Dudley on the Lakers, for, right? So that just to con, just to clarify for our listeners, well, if they'll give us a a pick, I'm fine with that. That sounds that seems pretty good to me. My question is though, why would they give us two picks for Corey Joseph, but only one pick if we're taking Ariza? Well, I thought Ariza would be actually because Corey Joseph is signed twelve million for three years and. Trevor Reza's twelve million for two years, so he's an expiring next year. I thought he'd be more of an asset. Um, and I think how old is Corey Joseph? I don't even. I have thirty, maybe. No idea. Um, but like, I up. don't think, I don't think Corey Joseph has any upside. Trevor Reza is is more of a valuable player in terms of his position, and he's more of a valuable player in terms of his uh, chemistry contributions. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, oh, Corey Joseph is only 28. Oh, okay. Well, still, I mean, like, he is what he's going to be. Yep. Uh, Trevor Ariza is at the end of his career, but the thing that he does for the Wolves is he brings a presence that has won a championship, and mm-hmm. he has, like, real playoff experience, whereas Robert Covington does not. He has one year of playoff experience, really. I just think Trevor Ariza is... Uh, Someone who could possibly mentor Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns and help mold their maturity. I don't know. Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, so what's your favorite? It's a better pick, though. You know, yeah. top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It- My favorite one is the Minnesota Timberwolves get Dwayne Dedman and Trevor Ariza. And they get rid of Gorgie Jang and Robert Covington. Love it. Love it. So... The Timberwolves are taking on $2 million less in total contracts, and they will get off of Trevor Reese in two years. Um, so I don't know exactly if it's the same. I mean, it in terms of money, it's close to the same because Gorgie Jang would be an expiring next year too um, with at $16 million. And Deadman is signed $13 million for three years. So, But I think Dwayne Deadman is still he might not have been he might not be playing well so far this year or that well but I do think he's still a very quality backup center. Yeah. I think he's better quality than anything that we have right now. I think he and Gorgie also have pretty similar games as far as their defensive ability, their ability to space the floor a little bit. Yeah, I like that. That's definitely my favorite of the bunch too. Those are really interesting. Do you th- I the Kings are an interesting team because all of their players are signed so long term. Do you think that trades straight up? Probably. Yeah, and then, you know, that gives us, I guess, that gives us an expiring next year in Trevor Reza that's probably more tradable than Gorgie Jang. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. It, did you play with any, like, Covington for Harrison Barnes constructions at all? Uh, Yeah, so that w- probably would be uh, about the same as the Gorgie Jang, Robert Covington type trade. Because, yeah. Just because that's how the salaries line up. Right. Um. Maybe it'd be for Jeff Teague, but I don't. I think what they're looking for right now is I think I think that they're looking for something to change in their center power forward type of rotation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Center power forward, small forward. Like that's what that's what they need to shore up is. And I mean, 
Gorgie's been sp- spacing the floor this year. <laughs> right. And honestly, so so if they can keep Her- Barnes, because what I want to see is the Fox-Heeled, Covington-Barnes-Bagley lineups. That's what I want to see. That's their money, where they can just sprint right. and shoot and sprint and shoot. Um, At least for 40 minutes, you know? Yeah. And then maybe beginning and the end of the game, you slow it down, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You get bigger. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I I like those, Dylan. Those are those are really interesting to me. Uh, okay, I got a couple more that I'm gonna say quickly. So, I'll start with. Oh, I did I did do a Harrison Barnes one. I'm sorry. Oh, cool. Harrison Barnes is only 24 million for four years, uh, and then and then it was just Gorgie Jang and Robert Covington for Harrison Barnes. Nice. I like that. Good player. Yeah, Harrison Barnes yeah. Is, a, is a fine player. Uh, <laughs> and we get rid of Gorgie Jang. And we get rid of Gorgie Jang, but then we take on that big Harrison Barnes contract. I don't know. That's that's okay to me. I don't yeah, I don't think I don't, it would be worth we, it. We might need a pick. We mean we might need like a lottery protected pick or something. Yeah, I, I would think so because then they're getting the expiring next year, and so we would need a pick from them. Um, and I don't yeah. know if they would be willing to do that um, because I don't know how much I don't know if Robert Covington for to Barnes is really an upgrade. Um, okay, so my last two trades. Um, one is Robert Covington goes to the Utah Jazz, and in return, the Timberwolves get Dante Exum, Royce O'Neal, a 2022 San Antonio second-round pick, which 2022 San Antonio could be pretty bad. no pop uh uh, lamarcus aldridge is gonna be 36 or something like that he he might be 50 by then i don't know we gotta check lamarcus aldridge (laughs) he might be aging differently uh and then uh you know we are taking dante exum who is truly a negative asset at this point um he has been chronically injured he's on almost 10 million a year He's currently got a negative 2.23 PIPM. So <laughs> he's pretty terrible. So we're taking him on and we're just giving them an upgrade over Royce O'Neal and their starting lineup. So I think that they might be willing to give us like a lottery protected first of theirs in the future too. Or maybe this year or um, something so along those what lines. Is, what would Royce O'Neal give us? That we don't already have in Robert Covington. Uh, what are what do you like about that? I just needed him for the salary. Although I probably don't need him for the salary. He, they could keep Rose O'Neill and I can do just Dante Exum. And then we can get a second round San Antonio pick in 2022. And a jazz pick. Yeah, because I would rather... The pick is the thing that I'm interested in, right? Right. And then we can definitely be like, yo... Now you have now Utah has eight players that they can play in the playoffs in Conley, Mitchell, Ingles, Bogdanovich, Gobert, Covington, O'Neal, Davis. That's an eight man rotation. Yeah. Seven and a half based on how Conley's been playing this year. Oh, okay. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. I mean that that is that looks really good for Utah because that's when it comes to the playoffs, you need at least seven people that you can trust. Utah, you've been looking good on paper for a decade. 
Are you ever going to actually turn that into playoff wins? I think that replacing Royce O'Neal with Robert Covington is actually in the starting lineup is actually a significant upgrade because then also you get to replace like George Niang with Royce O'Neal on the bench. You know, I mean that's right. that's big. Well, this I think the significant the most significant part of that is that you don't have to play and I was talking about this with you off pod again but you don't have to play Joe Ingles at the four yeah which they have had to do this year right a lot right well and you know Joe Ingles can more than anything kind of be your backup ball handler your he kind of is a backup point guard right so that's a perfect that's, world. That's interesting to me, especially if we could get two picks. I and you know that San Antonio pick will be a high second rounder in twenty twenty two, unless something miraculous happens with San Antonio. And then my last trade, which I am very interested in, is uh, Dallas gets Jeff Teague and Robert Covington. Timberwolves take on this year and next year of Tim Hardaway's twenty million and then twenty one million. Don't play him one minute. Yeah. Do not play him one minute. The, just think about what that would do to Andrew Wiggins. Right. <laughs> but we get Jalen Brusson, who maybe I'm biased because he looked really good against the Wolves, but I think he's a pretty solid uh, young point guard. Uh, we get a Dallas like 2025 first-round pick, which I think is their soonest available first-round pick that they can trade. Uh, a 2020 Golden State first-rounder. Um, I think I believe this pick is the most favorable between Golden State or Houston, um, which will definitely be Golden State, and that'll basically be a first round pick, and then probably another Dallas second rounder somewhere or another. Sounds like a lot of seconds. What was the first pick? A Dallas first, but not until twenty twenty five. Oh my god! But it would be unprotected, you know. Would it? Uh, you think that they would give up? A, no, they 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 protect it. At top, least five, top five, maybe. Yeah, but then we get Jalen Brunson, who's a young prospect, and we get practically a first rounder in this year's draft. And that Dallas pick could be a chip. I'm thinking long term. You know, when Andrew Wiggins has a year or two left on his contract, and he's more tradable, yeah. and we, you know, we need some extra just stuff. To is Jalen Brunson any different than? Shabazz Napier. Not really. I think he's a little bit tougher defensively. Um, but they're both small shooting point guards. I don't know. I, I mean, he's just is on three years on a really nice contract. And it's just good to not have to worry about, like, your backup point guard. You know? Fair. Um, okay. So it's it's I, I'm I'm interested in it just because... We can get some picks out of it, and uh, we get off of Jeff Teague. And next year, too, that's Tim Hardaway's $21 million that's expiring, which could be a really quality trade chip. And it's it's kind of a trend right now for all the teams who are tanking to just load up on quantity. Yeah. Not quality of assets, but like... You saw the Hawks and the Pelicans doing that these last two years. Right. Just loading up on shots. Right. Taking as many shots on as many different players as they could. And then, you know, who knows? Maybe Brad Beal becomes available and then we can say, okay, we'll trade you uh, Tim Hardaway's expiring and Jarrett Culver plus 
uh, this future Dallas pick, two picks of our own, and like all these seconds. And all of a sudden, the Wizards are like, ooh, <laughs> that's a lot of assets for Brad Beal. When really, a lot oh, of them man, might not actually be that good. Dream. I know. <laughs> but it's a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream, but like you have to be ready for it, right? Like, yeah. That's that's the Daryl Morey philosophy is be ready for when that that big player shakes loose. And you haven't been listening to the Book of Basketball podcast because that was on it. No, I started. I started listening oh, okay. to it. Yeah. After oh, we so talked about it, I was like, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I got to do it. Uh-huh. I got a cave. Yeah. I'll, I'll listen to you, Bill. Yeah. That's the only ring your content I've listened to in a long time, though. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got two more trades. Okay. One of them I've talked to you about, and one of them is a little bit of a surprise, and I think you're going to like this a lot. Okay, I can't wait. I think this is. I think it might be the best trade. Okay, so my first one is the Minnesota Timberwolves received Chandler Parsons from the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, yes. The Atlanta Hawks receive Gorgie Jang, Jamichael Green, and Jerome Robinson. I don't know. They might. That might be a better team. Especially getting them past these this uh, John Collins uh, suspension stuff. Yeah, I don't know. That's and, and that's kind of what they need is more guys. Mm-hmm. Like they d- just don't have enough numbers to help out Trey right now, and and I think that they would enjoy that. Right, right. Ty Wallace is playing quite a few minutes, and like you know, at least they're not playing like Alex Poitras anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know how these how this worked because, and there I know that there is a trade exception from Tobias Harris. So then that's how it worked. It must be how it's working in the trade machine. Mm-hmm. But Noah Vonley and Jeff Teague go to the L.A. Clippers, so they're offloading. So they're taking on a lot more in salary. They're taking on twenty one in salary, and they are offloading about eight million in salary. A little bit more than eight. You know, I just don't know if Jeff Teague helps them when they've got Pat Beverly and Lou Williams. Like, what is Jeff Teague giving them? He's not a better defender than Pat Beverly. He's not a better scorer than Lou Williams. I mean, I guess he gives you seven thing, and a half assists per game, but like that's what that's what he gives you. But that's it. But Dylan, have you watched Jeff Teague this season? I have. <laughs> I don't know if Doc Rivers has, <laughs> but my point being that Jeff Teague in the right situation does play good basketball. We've seen him play really good basketball yeah, over the past we've seen three him have, seasons. Yeah, and we've seen him be an all-star in the past, and we've seen him make the playoffs every year except for last. The other thing is that they don't have a distributor whatsoever. Right now, Kawhi Leonard is averaging... 5.2 assists but he's also averaging 3.4 turnovers a game and if you ask me i don't even know if that's sustainable i mean he's averaging more assists than he has at any point in his career is he going to be able to do that for the rest of the season they need somebody and you said he's you averaging know, four you, four assists for four uh, turnovers 5.2 assists and 3.4 turnovers paul george is also averaging 3.4 turnovers so that's almost seven turnovers per game between the two of them. Kawhi cannot be your primary. I mean, is is he leading the team in assists? He cannot be your primary playmaker. I imagine he is. Let me look it up really quick. Really quick, though. Uh, just realizing right now that uh, 
Paul George's full name is Paul Clifton Anthony George. Love that. Uh, Lou Williams is leading them with 6.2 assists, but then it's Kawhi and and a distant Paul George with 3.6 assists to 3.4 turnovers. They need somebody who's not going to turn the ball over when they're making plays. And something that you do get with Jeff Teague is a guy who doesn't make big mistakes. He doesn't. Yeah. My other thing is that I don't think I don't think Pat Beverly is as good for this team as maybe some other people think. Right. I don't think it makes them that much better. I also don't think it makes them worse. I think it's man. I like it for the Wolves though. Getting rid of. So who are they getting rid of? They're getting rid of Jerome Robinson and Jamichael Green, guys who aren't playing anymore anyway. With yeah. Both Kawhi and Paul George healthy. And then Covington is going to the Hawks. Covington is, oh no, Covington isn't in on this trade. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. You told me that Covington was in on this trade, and I, I was like, I don't know if you ever said Covington. <laughs> no, I never said Covington. If the Clippers could uh, somehow but, get Robert Covington too, that would be dope. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the salaries would work with that, but I don't think that they need Robert Covington. That's the other thing that I was thinking was like, oh, I should get Robert Covington to the Clippers because they're having trouble right now, and I'm like, wait. They have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who are just better versions of Robert. They're superstar versions of Robert Covington. Like we already are seeing that having two of the same player with overlapping abilities is—it's starting to show its struggles, at least. But Dylan, what think what, about what, the defense? What would, but think about the versatility. I know Beverly, we've been saying George, this. Kawhi, Covington. Oh, dude, I don't like Pat Beverly. I am all in. <laughs> I don't know why you don't like I'm, Pat Beverly. <laughs> I am all in on Russell Westbrook saying, <laughs> what did he, what was his quote? He's like, he's, he's faking it. He's faking it. <laughs> That's crazy. The only people who hate Pat Beverly are Golden State Warriors fans. That is not true. Pat Beverly is one of the most ornery, whiny basketball players on the court. And he thinks that he is, he literally told Steph Curry, it's my time now. You had the last five years, but now I'm going to get the next five. And then I love it. And then Curry comes back and says, wait, aren't you older than I am? (laughs) I love it. Patrick Beverly was also quoted as saying, if I wasn't playing basketball, I'd be the greatest drug dealer of all time. Oh my God. (laughs) This is what Russell Westbrook said. He is tricking us. No, he's tricking you. He's not playing good defense. And he does. He flops. And all he does is like, I don't know. Okay, coming from Russell Westbrook. I don't think Russell Westbrook flops as much. I'm just saying Russell Westbrook hasn't played defense in a few years now. Oh, well. (laughs) But, I mean, Russell Westbrook doesn't flop. Patrick Beverly, that's all he does is just flop and and get fouls and, and take charges and all that stuff. Like, that's what... That's the way that he gets paid. That's the reason why he's still in the NBA. And yes, that is a quality that teams need. Like we have Gorgie Jang to do that and Josh Okogie. But it's also like he doesn't bring that much else. He's not shooting well. And he's not getting the ball around. He's not. He is not a good point guard in terms of anything offensively. Right. Right. But he's... The spirit, and every he's team the whole on their team, Chalanga. And if he's spirit. still on their team, I don't, I don't know if they're gonna be a contender. If every, if every team is healthy in the NBA, like given the health that w- that we are aware of now, that is, 
I don't think that the Clippers can win with Pat Beverly and Vika Zubac being their starting five, one and five. I wholeheartedly agree with you, disagree with you when it comes to Pat Beverly, but I agree with you when it comes to Vika Zubac. So, Dylan, what's your best trade? What do the Clippers need? A, they need a new center. Yes. <gasps> no, you didn't. So, Carl Anthony Towns. No. Is not in this trade. Okay. <laughs> Did you think that I was putting Carl in the trade? No, I think that I think that you're putting Miles Turner in the trade. No, I wasn't. Oh. I wasn't putting Miles Turner, but that is a good idea. I think that this is just as good of an idea. Okay, though. okay, okay. Uh, it needed to line up. So Miles Turner is making what twenty five million. No, that I, he's, that's he's um, no, he's making eighteen million flat. Oh, that's a good deal. Yeah, it's a great deal. I still needed. I needed to make less money. I, I tried to get uh, another center onto their team, but it's just tough because they are paying two guys thirty million dollars a year. Yeah. Okay. So so what's the trade? So the Timberwolves are receiving Mo Harkless. I like that. That's an expiring deal this year mm-hmm. on eleven million. Mm-hmm. He's a quality player. The Portland Trailblazers are receiving Robert Covington, and they need that. Can you imagine if they had Mello and Robert Covington? Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're going to have to have Hassan Whiteside here, and he might have to stay because they're going to be sending Yusuf Nurkic to the Clippers uh, to get Robert Covington. Okay. Well, this is all speculative because of Yusuf's injury. Right. So I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, supposedly, he's doing very well, but he's not going to be coming back until at least January. Right. Probably feb- February. Right. And you, you have to think that Portland is like, we like Zach Collins. They like Yusuf Nurkic, but they do need some, like, a defensive presence. And uh, they they... Their defense is horrible. And the other thing that Robert Covington gives them is he can guard their best guard, the opposite team's best guard. Yeah. Okay. And and obviously Dame and CJ, while they are probably underrated defensively, uh, are not good. And so why do the Timberwolves do this? Because they're taking Mo Harkless for one year and he's expiring. They can also flip Mo Harkless if they want. And... The Clippers give the Timberwolves a pick. If the Clippers have any picks left to give, <laughs> that's that's kind of the question. But this is all contingent on Yusuf Nurkic's health. But can you imagine Yusuf Nurkic on this team with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? I love it. I mean, I I love the idea. I just don't know how to shake them loose. You know, I just I I the the thing that I don't like it for the only team I don't like it for is the Timberwolves. But then you can get it. You you can get a pick, and that's what we've been trying to get this whole time, right? And Mo Harkless is, I mean, he's off the books next year anyway, so I don't, I don't see a ton of downside. Yeah, if the Clippers have a pick that they can give us, well, you were trying to send like a twenty thirty pick from Dallas, so I'm sure that we can figure it out. Twenty twenty five. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm sure that they do have. Which uh, which trade machine do you use? Do you use the ESPN one? Yeah, I've been using the ESPN one, but are you using a different one? Yeah, you should. I use the one that Sachin Gupta created. You should switch over to the TradeNBA.com one because that one, um, you can try the trade even though the 15th deadline is... Uh, oh. And it'll tell you whether... It'll tell you financially if it if it works. And you can also include picks in the trade. Like right there, the picks are accessible. That is nice. Yeah. 
Sorry, Suchin. I'm going to have to move on from you. Mm -hmm. It's super nice. Um, Okay. So, wow, that that was a longer segment than I expected, but it was super interesting. Um, (laughs) So uh, that was our, those were our Robert Covington trades. We're going to skip down and we're just going to go ahead and do our 30 and 30. Dylan, are you ready? Oh God, no! I'm I'm literally not. I have not thought about this. Okay, well, I'll give you. Um, I will vamp for a little bit while you do think about this because um, the wolves are terrible. And now it's time for our thirty and thirty, Dylan. Here we go. <laughs> Thanks for vamping. Oh man, Houston Rockets. I think they're a trade away. Toronto Raptors. I think the Raptors are looking good, but they're probably not a championship contender. Los Angeles Clippers. I think that they are one player away. Heat. No, one one non-star player away, but uh, Heat, I don't think Jimmy Butler is a number one player on a finals team. Bucks. Ouch. Giannis is going to win another MVP. Mavericks. Oh, Luka Magic is... Oh. God, it's not fun to root for anymore because of Porzingi, Dingy. 76ers. I, I'd rather have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. JoJo gotta go, go. New York Knicks. I can't believe I said 30 wins. Spurs. I'm such an idiot. I can't believe we had them in the playoffs. They're not going to make the Chicago playoffs. Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I don't think that they're good, but somehow they're still the 11th seed in the East. Trailblazers. Hey, they've been looking okay, but Melo should not have been Western Conference Player of the Week. Pelicans. Luka should have been. Uh, Pelicans, where the heck is Zion? I guess he showed up on the in an, on an away game, but he's supposed to be back in six weeks. Nets. It's been about like two months. Oh, they're in deep trouble. Cavaliers. They fight. They're bad, but they fight. OKC. Fuck Chris Paul. Suns. Oh, I miss Ricky Rubio, man. Nuggets. What is going on with the Nuggets? I don't know how they're winning. Jazz. Because uh, Jokic isn't playing well. Mike Conley doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't make their team worse. Or not having Mike Con- Mike Conley doesn't make their team worse. They're probably going to make the playoffs now. Tim- Sorry, Wolves. Timberwolves. They're not going to make the playoffs. Pacers. <laughs> oh yeah, so many most improved players: Sabonis, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Pistons. I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs either. I Blake Griffin has not looked that good. Wizards. They think you think that they're trying to make the playoffs. I don't know if that that. Can even enter their mind. Hornets. Devontae Graham scored 40? Atlanta Hawks. Uh, wow, Trey's been lost. Magic. I feel so bad. Where are the Magic? <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, they're the eight seed. <laughs> yeah, very very silently the eighth seed. Very quietly. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies... Um. Oh, uh, I like them. They're fun to watch. And that was thirty and thirty. I didn't. I did not time that, but I believe that was exactly thirty seconds. Good job, Dylan. I have a few. Thank you. I have a few rebuttals. Uh, one. I can't believe we didn't do a Robert Covington Houston Rockets trade. That's the trade that everyone's been talking about. Really. I tried it. I tried it's it. It's hard, right? It is really hard because it's like PJ Tucker, and it's like I'd rather have PJ Tucker. Right. Right. Um, second, straight up second, um, I think that, uh, Zion might not play a game. I would not be shocked if he didn't play a game this year. <gasps> yeah. Give him the Blake, yeah. give him the Ben Simmons Oof. treatment, the Michael Porter Jr. Treatment, you know, I, I, why not? Well, that's the thing is, is what's the, <laughs> there's a spectrum there. 
there's the Michael Porter Jr. spectrum, there's the Greg Oden spectrum, right. and there's the Ben Simmons. Right. Um, and second, I actually think that Nikola Jokic, um, I don't think that he got worse. I think he's just come back down to his normal self. I think last year he was playing out of his mind, and this year he's actually super close to his career averages of uh, 16 points per game, about 10 rebounds per game. And six assists per game. Super close to what he's averaged his whole career. I'm just so surprised because he took it up a level in the playoffs. I thought that he would just like come into the NBA in shape, and he didn't. Well, he didn't. Maybe he'll get back into shape, but I don't know. He is not in shape, and he did play all summer. So um, there could be some fatigue going on. So that was our 30 and 30, and my few rebuttals. And uh, we're coming to the end of this pod here. This was a this was a lengthy one, but it really needed to be because, like I said at the top, it's uh, it's going to be a minute until I'm back on, and I'm feeling a little bit sad about it right now. But you know, I'm making this decision for my own sake. Things have gotten much more busy now that I'm back in Minnesota. I've been more you know stressed out, and I'm feeling a lot of anxiety and. I've had a lot of days where I've just been down in the dumps, and so I kind of just want to try to slow things down a little bit and uh, really work on myself and get myself right. And so I made the decision to walk away as host, so you know I won't be putting in the work to try to do this weekly. Um, and uh, Dylan, I want to I want to thank you for taking this decision with with grace. And uh, being so kind to me and talking with me and, and working with me through some of these issues and, and um, just being like a, a, a really, really great friend. Um, you know, I want to thank you because through these 50 plus episodes, you and I have shared a lot of love, um, a lot of laughs and a lot of really like truly terrible basketball. <laughs> And uh, there really isn't. All, <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, don't forget the a lot of truly terrible basketball takes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's so true. Um, but there's not a there's not anyone else that I would have wanted wanted to do this with. So, um, Dylan, your commitment and effort and consistency throughout the process is is hella admirable. Um, and I I can't thank you enough. Uh, I, I love you, buddy. Um, to all the fans. To the, the few fans we have, thank you, but only if you rated and reviewed. If you didn't, you're the reason I'm walking away, and you should be ashamed of yourselves. Uh, uh, Max reviewed our podcast. Hey, shouts to Max. Thank you. I appreciate you. We never got you on the pod, but maybe uh, we can still connect you with uh, Dylan as he moves forward with the podcast. I will be back on occasionally, so this is not goodbye. This is see you later, suckers. Uh, <laughs> much love. I say Chalanga's back probably for like an all-star game uh, slash trade deadline. Yeah, we got to do a trade podcast. deadline podcast for sure. Um, new year, new mate again. We got to do it. Um, so uh, much love. And uh, you can count on me crying uh, over all the Timberwolves wins and losses, mostly losses. We've done a lot of great bits and skits and crazy shits. Crazy sketches for these two betches. And now... <laughs> to say goodbye to me, Chilangalangasin, as host of the Coast to Coast NBA pod.
Dylan will be performing an in memoriam. Dylan? I fucking hate this. And now we remember Chilangalangason. Hey, this is Terry Stotts. 2020 presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. Jaikale. Carl Anthony Towns. Gogi Jeng. And Dill. Wishing you the best, Jay. We hope you can find new things and a new life to love in Minnesota, however it happens. It all started out with your spontaneous, rash, half-joking suggestion to record our insignificant opinions about an even less significant sports franchise. I can't believe you talked me into doing a podcast, you asshole, but also I can't believe that we created like 40 hours plus of content this last year, all for a listener base of four. Remember, as you go through life, that some things are all your fault. And if you're lucky, and I know I feel pretty lucky, a couple of those things that are your fault can consist of things like this podcast. I learned so much about basketball, life, writing, opinions, arguments, love, and artistic partnership and collaboration. It was a great year. So thank you, Che. Chilanga, as Josh Okogi would say. I will talk to you later from 2,000 miles away, somewhere, in some form, on some podcast, on some coast. They rode high across the Oregon Trail through the first two rounds before shitting the bed and dying of dysentery. And by dysentery, we mean dissing Terry Stotts by letting the Warriors come back from double digits in three of the four games as Portland lost the series four games to zero on May 20th, 2019. If you're ever feeling in the mood for crying, it's never goodbye. Uh-oh. Good thing I brought my trusty it's tears be gone. Just spray this directly into your eyes and... I'm not even sad, bro. TSR time guys are here. Is that Eric? The bike man? Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm just gonna put this on tape that Mello will win six man of the year this year. You think my takes are ridiculous? <laughs> this is terrible. Please give a warm welcome with Minnesota humidity to the G League Supergroup featuring Cam Reynolds, CJ Williams, Jared Terrell, and Mitch Creek. It's both directions. Des Moines is pretty fine if you are with your pack. All right, everyone. Hello and welcome to the first annual Puppies Award. Can't wait to come home and give you a big old smooch on your mouth. I feel like eating a juicy Lucy and listening to Purple Rain on repeat. Yes. Yes. Everyone chat with me. Prince. 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 Prince! Prince! Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton are headed to Philadelphia in exchange for Dario Saric, Robert Rocco Covington, Jared Bayless, and a 2022 second round pick. I, there's no one left. <laughs> well, dude, you got you already got D'Angelo Russell and yeah, Tyus Jones for $3 million, and you got DeAndre Hunter. Can't you make all my dreams come true? No, Dylan, that's not the point of this. This is going to be their for first 50-win season. I'm ready for a bounce back for the Wizards. <laughs> I'm all in. And now, you remember their accomplishments. Or, Steph Curry misses some time. We realize that D'Angelo Russell is not as good as he was on the Nets because 
that was just a crazy shooting year for him where every floater he went he took went in and the warriors miss the playoffs i am losing. sick and tired of people acting like this team is a playoff lock i have them at 33 wins this one goes out to my friend triangle Anderson. I believe in Atlanta's ability to get 40 wins. So I have Atlanta's over, and I'm going to say they're going to win 42 games. Mm. Can I, well, you can, can I, say whatever you want. You can this swear if you want. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's a dick. What is this basketball, science or math? And welcome to the 2019 NBA Draft. I'm Adam Silver, and my head is very shiny. They did draft Devontae Graham from Kansas, Rock Chalk, uh, and he's awesome. He's a really fantastic good. player. He had a really good preseason game. I think he had like 15 or something points. Yeah, 15 points and like six assists. Uh, he just yeah. is a smart point guard, and he's going to have a long career. From the east coast of Martinique. You're going to have some island noises in the back of this. You still have the mark on your butt to this day. I know. I, <laughs> I did, I, that was backstage. What happens backstage stays oh, backstage. Right. right. Uh-huh. I'm on the train right now. What up, what up? That's like that's like Gorgie Jang money, dude. That's that is right, Gorgie! Gorgie! This is all you gotta do. Right. Coast to Coast has live podcasts. I learned that we are all a product of our environment and our circumstances. And I think that as with the NBA, we should all realize that our fortunes and our misfortunes are more a result of the things happening around us and not because of us. Each of our fortunes is a blessing, and each of our misfortunes should serve as a reminder that we can't do amazing things alone. For example, I couldn't do this podcast without you, Chilanga. Are you convinced? <laughs> Dylan, that's a hell of a way to end it. Where are you? Chilanga, where'd you go? Did you disappear? All right. Guys, Chalanga hung up, so uh, this is officially now Chalanga Langusonless, coast to coast. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to follow us on the socials. At, <laughs> oh, he's back at at Coast to Coast NBA on Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA Pod on Instagram. Send us an email at Coast to Coast NBA Pod at gmail.com. please. Tony B, you know what you did? You made Chalanga quit. Great review. Subscribe, download, and tell your friends. If you listen and you don't review, you are the scum of the earth. Thanks for listening. Dylan, this was a great episode. Peace. Pass the ball and you
Goldie wants. Shoot the ball in your Goldie wants. Lock the ball. Jimmy on a beat, boy. Oh, Gorky wants, the Gorky wants, Gorky wants, the Gorky wants, Gorky wants, the Gorky wants, Gorky wants, the Gorky wants. This message is brought to you by the Gorky Foundation. I'm Gorky Jack. Hi, my name is Jake L. And I want your children to order food for me off the kids' menu and hand it under the table at me so that I can eat food off the kids' menu. Don't worry. I'll pay full price for you. What the fuck is wrong with you? Get away from my kids, you fucking creep. What, you just come to Rainforest Cafe so you can have kids order food for you? you some weird fetish, you fucking freak. I apologize for any inconvenience. Get. But also, I do need to eat kids' food. Kids' food is the only way to make my tummy feel satiated. I am this close to calling the police on you. You get out of here. You get away from my kids with your freaky voice and your normal face. Oh, you said proletariat. No. no. No, Bernie, get out of here. No, no one's voting for you. You're too old. Kick him we out. Have Kick him out. Stop Colin. The millionaires and billionaires oh, in this country. God. We have to break up the banks. <laughs> no, break up the no, banks. No. No. Yes, no, we understand, no. Bernie. We have to break up the National Basketball Association. Bring back the Seattle Sonics. Yeah, we agree with you, Bernie. We agree with everything that you're saying. You're just a little bit aggressive about it. All right, thank you. I will leave, but vote for Bernie 2020. We are starting a grassroots movement. I know, Bernie. We're starting a grassroots yep. podcast here, and we're trying to record. So if you could just kindly leave the room. Thank you. All right. Sayonara. Okay. Why are you using? That was w- I've never weird. Heard him that w- use one word of Japanese. Borderline yeah. offensive? I don't know. Yeah. I can't tell. But Dylan, you got to stop saying that p word. You know what happens every time you say it.